it's funny my uh my nephew's got like a ps5 and uh he said something like basically i just play online with a bunch of old men because no kids my age can afford a ps5 <laughs> so his friend group is a little bit on the the older yeah, side hello my friends thank you for joining us for the pebcac podcast a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people it is week 27 of 2022 I'm Chris Louie, and a very happy Independence Day to our U.S. listeners. In America, July 4th represents the day where America declared its independence from Great Britain, and we said no to taxation without representation, and we no longer have to care about the royal wedding, Prince Harry, or anything else from the U.K. With me, I have the hot dad who watched every episode of The Royals on Netflix. Chris, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. How dare you cast those aspersions my way? I'm actually back from Zenith Live in in Las Vegas. It was a good time. Like, uh, my my only gripe about the whole thing is like, you know, like I know that the hotel staff is like integral in making like the entire show a success, but they really could have just lost the entire like first responder type of syndrome going on. Like they were doing us some sort of favor. I think COVID's over, guys. What were they doing? Like stopping you and making you wear a mask as you go from hallway to hallway? <laughs> no, like they were they were acting like they were heroes, man. Like without them, this show cannot go on. No, they all had true, masks to a certain on. extent. Yeah, <laughs> to a certain you'd extent. Be yeah. You'd be upset five extent. days later if you had like smear marks still in your toilet, right? Pretty upset about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It totally would be. <laughs> All right. It only took uh, a minute and 30 seconds to go there. All right. And back from his trip across the pond. And amazingly, amazingly still not positive for COVID or monkeypox. We have the stateside Glenn Medina. I hope you had fun at dinner last week where you missed the podcast. I, I, I couldn't. I Yeah. Happy to be back. I can't tell you how sad I was to miss it. But the reality is, I don't think I would have had a great internet connection. Um, the hotel that I was at was, their internet connection was really funky inside the rooms, and I would have to sit up somewhere in downstairs in the common area, and I think it would have been bad for the podcast as you would have heard so much noise. But uh, happy another, to be back. Go ahead. Probably another successful Palo Alto customer over there running, th- running things around. <laughs> probably. Anyways, uh, happy to be back. It was a 10-plus hour ride there and back. And tell you what, have you guys ever gotten in a business class? What I got upgraded on the way back, and that was a nice ride back, being able to lay down fully. Oh, my gosh. In one of those pods. I, I never want to go back Yeah, and fly, fly anything else. It's hard to go back from that. Yeah, I, I had it on both legs to Singapore, and uh, it was great. I, uh, I slept like a baby and ate like a pig. Yeah, there, there's only one thing that's probably better than that, and it's flying on a private jet, which I, which I can't say I did at my former company, and uh, that was quite an experience as well. And it's a different type of experience, meaning not the seating of not the seat choice, but the ability to get to the airport like five minutes before the plane takes off. So yeah, no TSA, no strip search, no magneton giving the double finger to it. Yeah, <laughs> true. All right, well, this week, our guest is Dan Cybulski from the great nation of Canada. Welcome on, Dan. I think it's been six months since we started talking about getting you on the show and been trying to find a time slot to get you on, so we are glad to finally have you on. 
Dan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you about myself, although uh, interesting. Uh, Glenn, I want to double back before I keep talking about myself. Have you never had COVID? No, not that I know of. I mean, I've tested oh, okay. the last yeah. year. I, I, now, I, 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 I will admit, I think, you know, when it was patient zero in Seattle um, was announced, I think, like November of 2019, I went and visited Seattle, and I got sick and stuck there during a business trip. I think I had to stay an extra day or two at the hotel because my wife would not let me come home because she thought I had COVID. <laughs> oh, awesome. The, the reason I ask is you're the other guy. You're the only person who I've run into who, who can say they haven't had it. I haven't had it yet either. So. Oh, Chris, um, I haven't had yeah, it. Yeah, ha- happy to so, be yeah. here. So oh, three there out of go. four of us have not had it, so Brian's in the minority here. Yeah, Brian. Brian is the guy that licks doorknobs and and car handles, and that's why he got COVID. I just give it to me, right? I was like, I'm, I, I won a battle. Like, it was no big deal. But Chris, awesome. uh, he actually wears his he double masks. He's double in triple vax and and wears it to bed. Yes. <laughs> nice. Combine. We have decades of information security experience and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For our Closing the Loop segment this week, Captain America actor Chris Evans tweeted that he just finally gave up his iPhone 6S and is ready to move on to a modern phone, like the iPhone 13. Glenn commonly brags to us and on the show that he used an old-school iPhone 8 with the home button up until just a few weeks ago. So that's what both Glenn and Captain America have in common. They were both frozen in a block of ice and used phones appropriate for that era. Enjoy the 10-minute battery life from a full charge. Well, what do you say? I think we have more than that, right? Both of us are, like, really in great shape and physique and form. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Yeah, that's I mean, America's you, you might be a little bit more handsome. I'll give you that. <laughs> I, I tell you that. I've got that Asian glow. He doesn't have that. Yeah, that's let's true. see him that's... at 55. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's not 55, everyone. <laughs> uh, had to throw the disclaimer in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, take second... that. Hold on. Take that back, right? I had the iPhone 8 just recently upgraded because thanks to... Was it Verizon? They had a four hundred dollar um, buyback program for my iPhone eight. That thing was literally worth like five bucks. So I'll gladly take four hundred on a trade in. Sorry, Chris. Good deal. Do you guys? Art? No, you're not going to move on, Chris. I'm. I'm going to keep interrupting you. <laughs> Do you guys get like the Apple Care on your on your phones and devices? Why? It's such a waste of money. No, I do it, and then I use mine like a hammer. I'm just like got got to stir some <laughs> soup. Just iPhone thirteen, baby. You know, where you got this thing you probably, going. You probably don't buy a case. You're the guy that buys the Apple Care but doesn't buy the case for your phone, right? Pretty, yeah. I just spike it like a football. Yeah, that's no the way to do it. Yeah. You know, I I actually had a theory that iPhones didn't need a case at one point. This was actually last winter. I said, it's a scam. They're just trying to get you to buy more stuff. And then I went out to shovel snow and it fell out of my pocket and it shattered the entire bloody thing. So <laughs> you do need a case apparently. So. But I don't have Apple Care. But do you think they made that made out of glass just so they can get money based off of the repair of that? that what is the dumbest thing, right? Let's let's make a phone out of glass and let's just make it not, you know, foolproof. You hear that, Apple? <laughs> what, what are you going to make your screen out of then, Glenn? Transparent aluminum? No, uh, isn't it good? No. Diamond encrusted. 
I'm talking about the back of the iPhone, right? Where they start, where yeah. they were making them part of glass, or series sets of iPhones were made out of glass all the way around. Ooh, what if it was made out of marshmallows? Yeah. That'd be amazing. Cool. Yeah, they have those pillow cases, like the cases with the pillow on the back. But again, it requires a case. They could just build it in, build a pillow in on the back of the phone. All right, now I'm going to move on. Our second piece of closing the loop feedback. I just wanted to quickly mention that it has been five years since the most destructive ransomware attack in history, not Petya. I think we can all probably remember where we were when that attack hit. Making me feel older. Yeah, I know. Gosh, five years. Five years. years. That's amazing, huh? Five years since WannaCry, five years since not Petya. Do you think those companies are still... um exposed to not pitch you do you think they've really patched everything and moved away from from getting hacked well, i can guarantee you all they're all they all closed or disabled smb v1 so you can they, they scan they, the internet in five out. years yeah. <laughs> in five years they <laughs> turned that off and patched it they patched eternal blue but i'm sure there's something else there's some ssl vpn vulnerability there's some yeah. apache stretch there's some java framework that's still vulnerable so you know, the saying, it happened before, it can happen again, and I guarantee it'll happen again. Yeah, I, I don't remember where I was, actually, but I do remember where I was the day after, which was on the phone trying to talk my marketing team out of calling every one of my customers and telling them that if they had been with us, it wouldn't have happened. We would have stopped them, it, yeah. <laughs> which was, was like, please don't call my customers. Yep, agreed. Where were you at, Dan? Uh, maybe I shouldn't say their name. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't here. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair I enough. was at a different company. Yeah. All right. So my illustrious co-host put in the show notes here. Dan, we didn't give you a proper opportunity to introduce yourself since you walked back on Glenn's comments. So Dan, please introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dan Sabalski, I, I manage a team of SEs up here in Canada at Zscaler who are far smarter and far brighter than I am. So I'm used to walking into a room and, and feeling like the dumb guy, and uh, that's the way I hire. Um, I've been in the the infosec space for I don't know 15 to 20 years. I don't I don't really count. It's somewhere in there. It's probably like 18 if I if I did the math on it. And uh, yeah, I got my start doing digital forensics, and then moved into firewall work and encryption. Uh, turned into a wireless principal for a VAR, and then. Uh, moved into the vendor space doing data security, and now here I am at Zscaler. What would you say your superpower is in, in, in this Ultra in this sexy field? podcast voice. Yeah. What is that? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's all the mic. My superpower is holding really still on a Zoom call, so it looks like it crashed, and then I get out of <laughs> answering <laughs> tough questions. That's awesome. There you go. All right, for our opening topic, so Dan, I saw you are a director at the Latau Photographers Guild for a period of time, so I have two photography-related questions here. First one is Nikon or Canon, and the second one is film or digital. (laughs) I see Glenn disagreed with my Canon comment. We can come back to that. Um, Digital all the way, Um, honestly. I, I tried a film camera. What a... What a waste of energy. <laughs> I hated it so much. And that's mainly because I, I'm i lazy when it comes to post, post-processing and, and film requires a lot of work. Yeah, so I know Brian and I were both Canon people, so Glenn looks like you're the minority here. So yeah. So you're, you're Nikon? 
Yeah, I'm a Nikon guy, but I, I haven't taken my camera out in two, three years. So what used to be a really iPhone good 8, cameras, baby. It was killing yeah, it for you, wasn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> so the best camera is the one you've got with you, right? Well, see, this is why he likes the Nikon, right? He's like, oh, this thing's pretty close to my iPhone. Meanwhile, the rest of us know what a real <laughs> camera can do. <laughs> it's not the phone. Yeah, I always... it's, it's the lens. Let's get that clear right now. <laughs> I always wanted to. When, when I was into photography, I had a Canon 20D. I still have it, actually, the, the, the body. I always wanted the 5D Mark II, but then that was always like way out of my price range. And now that I'm a little bit older, have a little bit more money, and it's like, you know, even though I buy, like, I think they're on the Mark three mark four right now uh, even though i buy that i'm like i have no time to shoot like i just yeah that's just <laughs> the unfortunate yeah, part you've... now that you have more money it's like now i got no time to shoot <laughs> well not only yeah, that you got to find the time so i i'm shooting a a 5d mark three and i'm kind of the same i got it and then i really slowed down shooting as soon as i <laughs> i finally upgraded to it yeah so. well i, I got yeah, mine yeah. and it was that's cool. it was like my phone takes better pictures now than than those things, and I, I think it does. And it's pre, it's in my pocket all the time. So if I wanted to shoot something real quick, I'll shoot it real quick, right? And yeah. W- once again, that's because you're a Nikon. Oh, <laughs> walked right into that, my friend. Thank Zing. you very much. Yes. <laughs> Whoopsie. Bada boom. All right, for our first topic, this story has been making its rounds on InfoSec, InfoSec Twitter and is a callback to a story Brian and I did last week about India cracking down on internet freedoms, which is they had a, this new law that required to log all sorts of identifying metadata for VPN users. A quite concerning story surfaced that a police department in India planted evidence on laptops of political dissidents to get them arrested on trumped-up charges. If you've watched enough Hollywood movies, you'll find one where the nefarious actor in the movie is trying to discredit their opponent by planting embarrassing or damaging material on their computer. Well, this is actually happening. Over a year ago, security researchers and the good folks over at Citizen Lab discovered a campaign to imprison activists, human rights defenders, journalists, and dissidents on charges of terrorism using phishing emails and spyware from the NSO group. These activists were found with Microsoft Word documents detailing plots to conspire with terrorist groups and to assassinate the the Indian Prime Minister, which in itself is a pretty serious crime. However, the narrative that these human rights workers are actually terrorists begins to fall apart once the forensic analysis was performed on the laptops. A remote access Trojan was found and was shown to have loaded 32 files onto the laptop, including the alleged assassination plot evidence. Further, the Word document used as evidence of a terrorist plot was created with a version of Word that the alleged defendant never used or even had installed on the laptop. The email addresses of the defendants were also compromised, and the recovery email address and the phone numbers were replaced with ones from people inside the Indian Police Department. So they're not even trying to hide it at this point, but the activists are still sitting in jail over these trumped-up charges. It may be time for Freedom House to change their Freedom Index on India if these facts are confirmed. Sounds like just a huge inconvenience, kind of like a paper straw from Starbucks. Like, why? I don't even get it. How is this different from our own political things, the things that are going on over here politically? 
Oh, the files are the in the computer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I guess I, I read the article, and maybe I, oh, maybe I should say I skimmed the article. And my, my question is, how long did it take them to discover this? Like, where were the forensics analysts if they're already in jail? Like, that seems like something that would be part of the initial investigation. And for anybody who's actually skilled at digital forensics, they would have caught that pretty early, I would assume. So why are they doing it after the fact? I don't know. That's actually a legit question. Maybe it's just different over there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure how the discovery process works over there, but it it could be that they discovered this and then get the legal system there. Again, I don't know how the legal system works over there, that they introduced evidence and for some reason it's still not setting them free and that maybe somebody's finally shining a light on it and says this, this isn't just an isolated incident or two. This is a coordinated campaign against these people to try to lock them up. They, they need to call Johnny Depp's legal legal crew to defend him <laughs> and get bring out the metadata and the photos. There you go. Sounds to me they'd be like, Dan, we heard you made your own sister cry at her wedding. Lock them up, boys. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Just uh, word of mouth today, guys? All right. Yeah, it's definitely concerning, though, like planted evidence. Like, it's not just that you arrest somebody and just, like you said, just say, well, we heard you're doing this, but no, there's actually literally planting evidence on these machines. Not even trying to cover their tracks, too. They didn't do a great job of covering their tracks but, didn't that happen yeah, to we, oj just kidding just kidding edit that yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> he's guilty we, we've been doing this for a long time now we've been planting i mean who who didn't you know have a networking class <laughs> that planted some kind of fire that planted files on someone else's computer when you network when you were able to network through come on guys we've done this no Am I the only one? You might be alone in this one. <laughs> oh, man. Like, Brian and I, I use NetSend to. to mess with people. We never planted evidence <laughs> on someone to get them arrested. That's a great idea, though. I'm going to start doing that. Uh, yeah. Plant images. I can't tell you what kind of images. But That's what you get for computer. leaving open file shares. No, yeah. we were like Robin Hood, right, man? We were just out there trying to help out the poor. Doing good Using deeds. Using NetSend to mess with people. Yeah. I, I told you to put my entire high school on free lunch, right? By doing that? By net send? No, not net You change grades. I changed I know grades. you changed grades. Yeah. grades. I don't I was, about free lunch. Yeah, but I changed genders before it was cool. Free lunch. Yeah, it was, it was all over the place, man. Gave people <laughs> rare diseases. I mean, not like in person, right? They didn't touch anybody. They just said it was on their record. All right. Well, thank you for clarifying that, Brian. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I'm clean, everyone. I'm clean. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Back to India. I think we said all we can on that one. I'm going to move on to topic two here. For our second topic, I thought we would transition right into another authoritarian government, <laughs> our favorite freedom-hating China. China has a strict COVID-0 policy, and you've heard us talk on the show where China has shutdowns, which strictly shelter in place more people in China than there are even in the United States. Well, China requires mandatory contact tracing through smartphones, and you have to scan a code to get into any building or ride public transportation. And the thought is, number one, China knows where you are at all times, which is just creepy. Number two, if you test positive, they know where you were at all times and who else was there to make sure that those people quarantine too. 
The second reason for scanning to get onto a bus or into a building is that your phone app has a stoplight system of red, yellow, green to signify if you've had a close contact. If you scan a code and your app comes up red, that means you've been in close contact with someone who tested positive, you're persona non grata or PNG'd from anywhere except home. Well, it turns out that people who are critical of the Chinese CCP government have had their COVID app inexplicably turn red, effectively placing them under house arrest without the government actually charging them with any crime. When these activists attempted to find out why they were flagged red or to get information on the supposed close contact report, their calls went unanswered. Is China weaponizing COVID and contact tracing apps? Yes, next topic. <laughs> End got of to discussion. The of that really quickly. <laughs> it's it's odd that you you know this that this this topic came up, Chris, because I was talking about this to a couple of the engineers from Israel, and they were they were saying the same thing that had happened in Israel, where they were doing contact tracing based off of their phone, and you know identify identifying people who had COVID and tracing them as they're you know going through Israel. And the, the discussion came up of, you know, privacy being, you know, not sharing your data and whatnot. And I found that odd. And I remember Guy's discussion when he was on with us stating that there is no semblance of privacy in Israel. And it sounds like there's no semblance of privacy in China either, right? I, I think I would be in an uproar if someone used my data to, to tell me where I've been. It's like, I can't tell if you're serious. You actually think that privacy exists in China? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think privacy exists here in the United States either. So there's that. Well, we have a law that says we have privacy. Whether or not it exists, two different thing, right? Yeah. So to be fair, so China does have privacy laws. It's it's, but it it goes the other way. That says you know, data on Chinese citizens cannot be shared outside the country. And it's not lost on me that China is like, no, you can't have our citizens' data. But they just vacuum up the citizen data of every other country. Does, so for the people that live in China, do you think they suffer from like Stockholm syndrome? Like they have no idea how bad it really is? Or is this, this is just so normal? They just kind of go about it like, yeah, this way, you know, this is how it is. I have a phone on my, or an app on my phone. I scan stuff and just go about my day. Do you think there's anywhere in there where they're like, you mean I can leave this country and just have a little bit more freedom? That'd be pretty wild. How about this? Let's just go get a second phone. <laughs> i think it's a little from column a a little from column b right it's it's yes this is it and if you fight the system there's no way to fight the system unfortunately uh but i think there is you know the c controlling the flow of information because on on twitter and some of the other apps uh, there are like videos of people in lockdown like just screaming things that are critical of the government and you know they normally wouldn't let that out but somehow somebody smuggled that out on the internet uh, I was just going to say this. It's crazy to see it at a government level, but we've seen less less serious, but it's still serious examples even here in North America. It, when I read this article, it reminded me at the time, I forget exactly when it was or who it was, but uh, when Elon canceled somebody's Tesla order because 
they trash talked him on Twitter. Oh, right? yeah. so it's, a, right. it's the same kind. It's a much less serious example, but it, it does happen here as well. It's just not state sponsored. I love how you, this example. how you lumped us into to North America, right? That, that was adorable. You know, like America, Canada's Mexico, this guy. <laughs> but do you think, well, let's ask Dan, right? Like, obviously, maybe we suffer from Stockholm syndrome, right? Like, I think America's the greatest country in the world. I love it. I don't want to go anywhere else. Dan, how do you feel about Canada? Do we leave? You know, Are we flirting here? Are you ready to move? Or are you living in the best country in the world? <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm living in the best country in the world based on my upbringing. I think I'd probably have a different answer if I grew up in the, in the States for sure. Definitely Stockholm uh, syndrome. Based on my upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's suffering from it. Um, the the other the other thing this reminds me of by the way the uh, the red green thing is uh, Brazilian steakhouses. I don't. I went to one oh, in Texas yeah. that has the, oh, the little yeah. coaster with the red yeah. red light green light, and I went More with my meat, boss please. and he kept he kept turning my red light to green light, and I've I've never <laughs> I've never had a meat hangover you, so bad. You don't have a Brazilian steakhouse in Canada? Come on, man, Dan. <laughs> We we do, but I just went to the one in Texas because okay. why not? <laughs> Work was paying for it, wasn't it, Dan? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, baby. All right. So what? It's let me pineapple. Add. So the the key is eat the pineapple at the end. The pineapple is acidic; it'll oh. help you digest. See, I didn't do that, and he also sat me down and said, "Because I'm paying for it, I don't want to catch you at the salad bar, and you have to have dessert." So I did all the things right, but yeah, bro, I got again. Yeah. I got roasted for eating at the salad bar. I had no, I'd never been to one. So we sat down and like salad bar over there. I was like, all right, grab a salad, and the customer is like. Oh. Just like he's pinching his eyes like this dude. <laughs> rookie. Rookie. And then you know how they come by and they ask you if you want any um, pepper, right? You've seen that, right? Yeah. Like hmm. Some fresh ground pepper. Yep. I'm like, no thanks. The gigantic thing that's like yeah. six feet long. So homeboy, his name is Dirk, by the way. Homeboy, the customer, he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll take some of that. And like he just has an empty plate. They haven't even begin serving the meat yet. And he's like, he's like, I'll tell you when to stop. So there's like an uncomfortable silence of just the, the churning of this pepper for like – seven minutes maybe like he just had a like a huge <laughs> portion of pepper and then as the meat would come through he would just like take it and then dip it into the pepper and then eat it i'm like man homie really likes his pepper i had no idea so he likes it spicy i, I was thinking the other alternative is he's gonna get seven minutes worth of pepper he had, he pulled out like a ziploc bag he's like i'm gonna take this home and yeah. use it in my cooking well that's what you would have done chris we Damn. know how you roll <laughs> that's good pepper you got me he refills his ketchup with ketchup packets from mcdonald's well, you take someone out of Arizona and you take him to a Brazilian steakhouse and then he just, just goes crazy. Yeah. yeah. He gets salad bar. Yeah, I know. He gets salad bar at a steakhouse. Yeah. So, oh, now um, I know better. I would never make that same snafu. Yeah. I, if we're going to Brazilian steakhouse and I'm taking my kids, I don't feed them the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get your money's worth. I wouldn't even take them, period. Like What? Yeah. No. They, oh, like, man. No. My daughter, like, I love making ribeyes. And then one day, she was trying to eat my ribeye with a freaking ketchup. And I was like, never again. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. almost <laughs> as bad as getting salad barred, Brian. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, wow. so, so Dan, what did you think of the Brazilian steakhouse? Like, would you go again? Would you spend your own money there? Yeah, I, th I think it's, for me, once every couple of years I could go because I – I want to try everything, but the the meat hangover is a real thing. It's uh, 
you know, I was I was woke up in the middle of the night with the cold sweats. I was praying. It was, <laughs> the meat sweats. It was, <laughs> yeah, that's a, it was, that's it was every horrible. night for me. That's not normal. <laughs> do, do, do you have a the meat sweats every night? Do, do you have a strategy? Do you do you try any of the exotic meats? Oh, my my strategy was just yes. I I didn't know there was another <laughs> uh, strategy. <laughs> well, I just Hook like you know, like I I've got people that go there and like I'm not having the chicken. I'm not having the pork. Don't give me sausage. You know, I just want beef, oh. right? Yeah. Only the expensive cuts, right? Yeah, yeah. only expensive money's cuts. Worth. But I, I do have to admit, I do like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but have you ever guys had the chicken hearts at a Brazilian steakhouse? No, but I will. No, It's, it's pretty I've had them. I don't care for them. What? So I can at least say I tried it. You the other Asian guy on this show tells me that he doesn't like chicken hearts. Come on, man, Chris. I don't eat chicken hearts. I don't eat gizzards. I don't eat chicken feet. Chris is Asian? Uh, no. <laughs> oh my god so we were out to dinner at zenith live and you got to know your audience but you know whatever and so the guy came over and like he was like a, it was like a small room in this huge uh steakhouse and you know he's going over the menu and he's like are there any allergies and i just said kittens and uh yeah it wasn't as funny as i thought it was <laughs> he's like we don't serve kittens here i'm like no i know you didn't you just asked if i had any allergies man well thank god because i forgot my EpiPen. Right? <laughs> so again, under what circumstance did you discover you had a kitten allergy you, you really want to know no i'm like that, that's probably what the, oh, yeah. the the waiter that took you way too seriously was thinking yeah pretty much i'm like because i just touched a, a cat and then i sneezed that's how i know but didn't eat it Good deal. All right. For our third topic, our friends at Cloudflare, and we do mean that we have literal friends who work at Cloudflare. So shout out to you, John. They have one positive and one negative story for this week's podcast. The first story I'm actually proud of because I was ahead of this one. Around 1 a.m. one night, I started sending messages to our group chat and you heard it first from me. I think there's an internet outage. So our corporate website wasn't working, Substack wasn't working, Discord was down, and much of the internet was unavailable. The irony is that Down Detector is also hosted on Cloudflare, so you couldn't even see if it was just me or the entire internet. And I also bet my next commission check that the problem would be related to BGP. Well, the next morning, we all awoke to news that Cloudflare, one of the world's largest CDNs and DDoS protection platforms, had an outage which resulted in much of the internet being unavailable. Surprisingly, absolutely no one the problem was related to bgp i did not deep dive into what caused the bgp routing issue i just felt vindicated that my initial gut feeling was correct so it was one o'clock in the morning and you were on the internet and the website you were looking at was a corporate <laughs> one in Substack. i don't i'm not smelling what you're cooking bro i think you might have been up to something else He's turning red. Uh, you don't work at 1 a.m. like everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm fast asleep, brother. So yeah, so our corporate website, and then I was trying to, I was trying to get access to one of our corporate blogs, and then Substack is a newsletter feed that I that adult a lot of theme, people use. So I was trying I think, to is what you really meant to say. <laughs> uh, adult theme, as in cybersecurity, then sure. <laughs> so, w what made you feel strongly enough to bet that it was a BGP problem? Just because it always is. Yeah. When is that? It always bit? is. History. Yeah. <laughs> so not yeah, trying to reinvent the wheel here. So. Yeah. I mean, 
yes, you did bet your next commission check, but I also know that you haven't sold anything in like two years. So like, there's that. Like, you know, what were you really Shut putting up? up? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I love you. No, I was with you, man. I, I thought BGP for sure. Anytime it's that spread out, like you just know something is terrible is going on. Yeah, like when that global Facebook outage was going on for eight hours, everyone's like, BGP, it's got to be BGP. It's always BGP. Or YouTube went down for a couple hours, like BGP. It's got to be BGP. And sure enough, BGP. So off the top of your dome, can you think of any other BGP ones? I was looking for it the other day. I think, didn't IBM have like a really big one as well? I don't know if that had anything recently. The Facebook one, for sure, because that's fresh in everyone's mind. And then, uh, YouTube, I think it was Pakistan or Egypt, one of those authoritarian governments tried to take down YouTube, but they accidentally took it down for the entire world. Century and uh, Our serious story, one. yeah, our, our serious story didn't pan out. They did not take down the entire internet when they shut down just their internet. So our bet there was wrong. But just look up BGP outage, and you'll get hundreds, if not thousands, of hits on, on that. True. Rostelcom, they didn't they inject huge portions of the internet and route it over there? I think. Could be wrong. Yep. 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 Yeah, the entire internet was going through like one router somewhere in some poor ISP. I think Verizon did that at one point. They injected around and every, every Verizon customer's track was going through a single router in Atlanta. That router was like, why me? It hurts when I IP. <laughs> What's the second story, Chris? I'm dying to know. What was the good? Or was that the good? So the good? No, that was the bad story. So oh, the good okay. side is the second story for which Cloudflare should be applauded for is they stopped the world's largest DDoS, DDoS attack on record, clocking in at 26 million so 26 million requests per second the previous record was 17.2 million requests per second about a year ago actually in july 2021 the targeted website was not identified other than stating it was under cloudflare's ddos protection in addition to being almost 50 percent larger than the largest attack on record this attack was launched from just 5067 devices and this attack did not originate from compromised IoT devices like many other DDoS attacks, but from cloud service providers. So that means someone paid to host some of these beefy servers to launch an HTTPS-based DDoS attack, not your typical UDP amplification attack. As our listeners may know, HTTPS is a computationally expensive operation since it's TCP based and requires the TLS handshake. That means the attackers cannot spoof the source IP like they can with the UDP based DDoS attack. Did they go into it as far as like the, the mitigation? Did they start doing sin cookies? Did they just start black holing routes, those 5,000 IPs? Did you talk about any classification on that? I don't know if they go into detail on how they stop it. That might be part of their secret sauce. But yeah, I didn't see Neil anything say, on how they stopped it. Yeah, I, I think it, it's more of they might have thrown in like a captcha. They might have thrown in something to prevent, you know, the automated attacking of it. But it did peak at quite quite high. But even with captcha, right? The, there's some there's still some part of your infrastructure that's having to deal with the uh, 26 million requests per second. So you would think that you would at least try to figure out who the the bad people are and then like do an IP no route further up the stream. Yeah, so that, that would have impacted Cloudflare's infrastructure. So Cloudflare is massively scaled to handle this 26 million requests per second, but any individual customer, no. But the entire Cloudflare 
DDoS protection, probably, and that's probably how they were able to mitigate it. Good for them. So, they put out great content, man. Anytime they have blog articles, it's it's fascinating. So so what does it cost to host some BSV servers? Like thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousand dollars? Check your expense account. I'm sure it was you that was compromised. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good thing is they, they didn't have to be online very long. Like you spin it up, you run the script. Like it could be uh-huh. up and down in an hour. Like it, it, it it's okay. It's non-zero, but I think it's minimal. Can you imagine how upsetting. Yeah, that's that... a good point. It, it, it's a good proof of concept to to start a essentially a DDoS arms race, right? They've they've proven the concept that yeah, you can be very effective and set a record with how you're doing with computationally heavy attack. Um, there's nothing stopping other people from copying this playbook now. Yeah, and it was only 5,000 devices, which is relatively low. I think the previous record for 17 million requests was hundreds of thousands of IoT-type devices just hammering or using amplification techniques. So what do you want to bet like that IP list is going to get like blacklisted everywhere and then some dude that's just trying to stand up a t-shirt website and get blacklisted. He's like, why, why can people not come here? <laughs> I think in that case, that's when like the things like captcha come in. That says, as long as you're not a bot, if you can prove you're a human, then we'll let you through. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it reminds me of the old, I, I don't know if they're old school. You probably still can. I just haven't looked into it, but you used to be able to go on and do you know ransomware as a service. There were websites for that. You could go on and rent compromised hosts. I can see them just turning it into, you know, DDoS as a service. There are Instagram ads now for ransomware as a service. They're like, you know, send us a thousand dollars in Bitcoin and we'll write your custom ransomware for you. I'm in the wrong business. We are in the wrong business, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what my Instagram ads are. Maybe we you heard it here first. Them. It's the Pebcac ransomware strain. Either that or we need to go be SEs for for the ransomware folks. Come on, guys. It's not that difficult. There's actually an interesting story behind that one, which didn't make it into our cut this week. So I'll, I'll put it in the show next week about how ransomware crews are evolving their go-to-market strategy. There you go. Nice. Yeah, there's a service I have for ads everything. for Gatorade. In my feed. Nothing about ransomware. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Coors Light. Yeah, baby. The original silver bullet. Silver bullet. (laughs) All right. Before we get to our last topic, Brian requested time to tell his door open story. So, Brian, the floor is yours. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This is very important that we discuss this. Actually, it's not at all, but I thought it was funny. I saw I share it with you guys. So, like, I was raised to be, like, you know, a good kid. And you like always open the door for everybody, right? Whether it's the CEO or the janitor, you just go about your day, you hold the door open. And like, even to this day, open the doors for my wife, my kids, anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're disabled or not. Like I'm like, if I see I'm going to open the door. So other day at the gym, I'm walking out and I, I make eye contact with this woman coming in, but she's a little too far away, right? Like if I hold the door open it's just, like, she was a little bit like closer. like an awkward she, stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I was raised by nuns. We should just full send, Brian. Let's just go for it. So I begrudgingly, you know, hold the door open. I smile like, hey, you know, I got you. And homegirl is acting like she descended from heaven on her chariot of entitlement. <laughs> Does not say a single thing to me. 
Like she has no headphones in. I don't have headphones in. It's clear that I waited those like that seven steps to get the door to open or keep the door open for her. And she even like say thank you. I was like, I was so upset. I, was, I didn't even know why. I was just like, you know, I, I don't understand like why you think you can do this to me. Like I'm just trying to do something nice. And this would get in trouble for doing nice things for people. So that was like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. So today I'm walking into the gym and there she is. She's Ooh. walking in at the same time. But this time it's not that awkward. I'm going to hold it for two, three, four, five, six seconds, right? She is right behind me. And you guys, everybody's going to judge me. But as I opened that store and I walked in, I shut it right behind me. I pulled <laughs> that, that slow closed door. I pulled it closed like it rattled. And she had this look of this pure hate. And I was like, that's what you get. Yeah. So there goes around. She, comes around. She I ain't holding the door open for her. Yeah, yeah. She was like. <laughs> so so there's two so she, there's two things that apply from this, right? It's just pure yeah. politeness. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you, hot dad. It's like when you open the door for someone, whether they're regardless of whether or not they're a male or a female, it's just polite. You open the door. If someone's behind you, you hold the door open for them. I don't care. Yep. Right. That's how I was yep. raised. But the yep. fact that these some of these people are so entitled to not even say look at you, give you a nod, say thank you. That is just ridiculous. Right. So when that happens, I tell them. You're welcome. And I look at them. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm pausing for a look. Like, acknowledge me or else <laughs> I will drag you back out here and then not open the door for you again. Right? Slam the door on you. Yeah. yeah. But See, the other... This is why you're a better human being than me, yeah. Glenn. I should have done that instead of <laughs> blatantly yeah. pulling the door closed. <laughs> and then the other side of this is, let's say this is for the female, right? The opposite sex, because there's four males here, is... Where where do we come off? Where if we open the door for someone who is a female and is a female, right? Do they say, "Hey, there's women rights here," right? And how dare you open and hold that door for me? So therefore, does the niceness just go out the door because they want equality at that point? So the whole mansplaining, yeah, fight the patriarchy kind of thing. Yeah, like, don't Chivalry treat me like a cat, or is yeah. it not? Yeah. yeah. What, like I've never had that experience. Have you guys ever like done something nice, just in general, and then have it backfire on you? Like you're not treating them like an equal. No, but I have no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to we, be prepared. <laughs> I do live in California, folks. So, <laughs> so I, I, I guess we'll make this our our last topic of of our our stories of holding doors open for people. So the only time. So, I mean, I've occasionally had that where I hold open and someone doesn't say anything, which I just think in my head, well, that was kind of rude. The only time other, other kind of odd thing I would say for the, for that was when I went to French Canada. So I visited French Canada. <laughs> which and is not where we're, we're, we're dance from. Dance from. <laughs> no. So I was in French Canada and I there, there was like a double door. So there's two doors that open. I would hold one door open for someone to walk through. And then this this French Canadian person like, went to the other door, opened the door themselves and walked through that. And it wasn't an isolated incident. This happened like two or three times while I was visiting in, in French Canada. I'm like, is this a French Canada thing? Like they don't like the doors held open for them. So that one puzzled me for sure. But that was probably oh, my, I have an my answer for that one, that. Chris. Those French Canadians, they believe in ghosts. They thought you're probably just like holding the door open for a poltergeist. Or there you go. <laughs> their order, the order is you walk in on the right, you leave on the left. No, it was 
we were both walking in. I held the door open so that they could walk in first, and then they went to the other door, oh, opened it themselves, and I then gotcha. walked through it. Did you? But did you open it in French or in English? Yeah, well, English, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was your mistake. <laughs> I do have a question on the whole door opening thing. So I guess, how do you tell? when the person is too far for you to hold it? Like, is there like, do you count Mississippis? Is it like three Mississippis and you're too far? Or is it just your eyeball in this stuff? I would think three or four steps, but the problem that got me into hot water with homegirl was that we made eye contact and I felt obligated. Mm. So that, that yeah. explained the whole, yeah, like, that, it that was probably like 15 steps. I'll, yeah. Like, eh, I'll be honest with you. Like I go to Panera down the street and there's a bunch of elderly folks that walk in and, I'll hold the door open if they're across the street still because they're on a they're using a cane. <laughs> they're walking really slow. I, I don't mind. I'm not in a rush to go get my coffee, right? So <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly hold the door open for for folks like that. And they'll always say thank you, right? But some people just damn right they will heads down, just <laughs> in their phone, not yeah. saying. And, and I love just telling them, you're welcome for like saying thank you when you didn't deserve it, right? I, I don't mind throwing that in their face. Yes, I think what's the ratio of people that look up and say, oh, oh, thank you, versus eh, they just kind of grunted off. Like one out of every 50. Well, one we'll, out of every 50. Well, we'll look at me like I'm the dumb <laughs> right? So, oh, okay. Yeah. So 2%. Yeah, I'm going to get bleak for that, aren't I? Yeah, you will. <laughs> so, uh, Glenn, going back to your comment, like, you know, the which side of the road you're on, like right versus left. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Vegas last week, my, my wife and daughter came with us. And so we, we walked the strip and I'm telling you anybody that was on the wrong side of the road, they're about to hit the wall named Brian Deach. Cause I was not moving for anybody. <laughs> well, and there was a couple uh, yeah awkward times on the stairs and then a couple times at the, at the, uh, the airport, but you know, so don't be nice, be predictable. I'm going to ask you guys this one thing. And, and this is because, you know, I was at London last week. In London, they drive on the left side of the road, which is just opposite of what we do. I could not interpret if that meant that I had to walk on the left side as well. So I was lost. Common sense would be left. You would think, right? Don't you guys agree? You would think, but I I don't know. I didn't ask. Hmm. Our UK listeners can fill us in. Yeah, I'll go find out from the UK (laughs) team now. Do you guys walk on the left or do you guys walk on the right? Like just the middle. High five each other. Just walk. There you go. Come on, Glenn. Cheerio. It's not difficult. Do, do they shake hands with left instead of right? How do they no, do it? No, it's still right. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is complex algebra, guys. I don't know if we can go on any further. <laughs> All right. You know, what's not complex is that we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This what week, our guest Dan is up. All right, cool. I did bring a dad joke. So I went to the doctor after accidentally swallowing a bottle of food coloring. And he said, I'll be okay, but I still died a little on the inside. <laughs> That's a Canadian joke. That's not an American joke. A Canadian father. Are you a dad, Dan? <clears throat> I am, yeah. I did you daughters. run by the kids? You no, said three dogs no. or three daughters? <laughs> <laughs> two daughters <laughs> not three dogs no dogs two daughters i didn't run it by them because they're they're great fans they would have laughed at it for sure so yeah. good that's how you know you raised them right nice work yep all right to wrap things up glenn and captain america finally updated their phones not petia was five years ago k 
cannon for life. Police departments in India are planning fake evidence to lock up journalists. China is weaponizing contact tracing apps. Cloudflare killed most of the internet, but then they saved the internet from the world's largest DDoS attack. And holding a door open is more complicated than you think. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina and our guest Dan Cybulski, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Bye, everyone. Why does Dan Bye. sound like he should be like a, a villain in 007? <laughs> no? All right. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Come on, Dad. You, you need to give us an NFT. You got to say something that's just so off the wall. Oh, I've given a lot today. <laughs> I think we're okay. Okay. <laughs>